right, you plebs, it's time you knew your place. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Yeah, that's right, be careful. And there could be an accident. Uh, so welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahelisper. Wow, it got cooler. You're cooler than the audience from two weeks ago, I'll tell you that. Um, it's a whole new audience of people in here. Uh, <laughs> that's the pretense. Uh, this, for people at home, we recorded this one on the same one as the Rob Delaney one, but I'm putting it out later to make it look like I'm prodigious. Is that the word? Uh, I don't know, but um, yeah, it is now. I'm going to make it one. Uh, very excitingly, this audience, you'll be, you'll be glad you didn't come to the first one. I'm going to be giving a, a prize away at the end of this podcast to one lucky person. So... Um, it's from Waitrose. It isn't from Waitrose. I just shopped there. Um, yeah, things are going pretty well for old Richie Herring. Uh, yeah, look, that's how well it's going. That's, uh, I carry my stuff around in a Waitrose bag. It's not even a bag for life. I can't even get another one. There's a big hole in it. Um, I'm going to give away... I've, I've, me and my wife, we've been mad for six months. We've lived together for like two years. But just this week, we decided to sort through our DVDs and work out which doubles we had. You know, so if we had a double, which ones we had the same. And I'm going to give away all of the doubles. Only this is a fucking bigger commitment than getting married. I'm telling you that right now. This because you can get out of being married I can't I'm thinking of stipulating that if I get divorced from my wife whoever wins these has to give them back to me because <laughs> I did make I said when we were doing it's quite a big thing when you do this you're making the decision to get rid of you know, it's basically the, if I didn't explain it correctly that any DVD that we both have we're going to give away one copy it's nice to see that we have similar tastes there's quite a few of them um, a few of them we've, we've been snaffled by other people look we've got Spaced which is yeah that's good isn't it <laughs> Both series of space, including Peter Serafinovich is in one of those. Um, there's uh, American Pie, we both bought that. <laughs> Imagine that, East is East, which I had on, that's a terrible film. Um, but I've got two copies of that myself, because one came with The Guardian, you're getting The Guardian one. Loads of Woody Allen films, look at that, proper good, the proper good ones from before he went rubbish and just decided to copy Goodnight Sweetheart. Um, <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, look at that. It's pretty, people are getting really excited. They go, let's, let's end this now. Father Ted. Father Ted, the complete third series. We both had the third series of Father Ted. And actually, quite weird, we both had the third series of Futurama. But why didn't I had all four? Why did my wife only have series three of Futurama? It's surely not the best. It's the best one. The fourth series is weak, and the, the specials they've done subsequently with all the songs in. No, I just, well, I haven't seen it, but I, I can't believe it. Uh, and there's loads of stuff in it, some peep show. Fight Club is about the only one that isn't a comedy. Though that's ironic, because Fight Club is quite like the plot of Me One versus Me Two Snooker. Uh, the Office from Ricky Gervais before he went insane. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Or possibly just before people realised he was. Uh, all of the office. And I can't believe that I said that out loud. Uh, and uh, this could go on for a long time. And I said, this is some good stuff here. This is like about £500 worth of DVDs. 
Uh, I can't believe I had this film, The Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> The Curse of the Black Pearl. I've never seen that. Isn't that that's not, is that the first one? That's like the th fourth one, isn't it? Is it? Okay. Uh, why did it have a subtitle? Is it the second one? Is it, come, this, is, this is bad, my audience. You're usually a Wikipedia. Certainly of nerdy things like that. Uh, Team America, Austin Powers, and Amelie. Ah. Well, we're very well suited, but it's a terrifying moment to give those away. Uh, they're the second best copies of all of those DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> you could win those. I didn't expect that to take so long. Um, so, uh, where's the porn? Where's the porn? We didn't. We have very different tastes. In, uh, <laughs> mine is all just anal sex. <laughs> people are being bummed. Uh, <laughs> just and she's a, a different ones from a different perspective. <laughs> um, you disgust me. Um, I'm going to get uh, our guest on in a sec. I thought I might say hello. What's, what's your name? Tom, how are you doing? You've been before to this big fan. Well, how do you think the current series of uh, Rich Chang's Letter Square Theatre podcast is shaping up against the first series? It's all right, yeah. It's, not, it's like a bit like Futurama, isn't it? The, for the <laughs> second series, not as good. No, I think it's been all right so far, uh, given that you haven't seen the first one yet. Uh, but um, what do you do for a living? You, you're a vulnerability engineer. <laughs> Are you saying you're a maths teacher? Is that is that what, is that is that what's going? A vulnerability engineer. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that involve? You deal with uh, computer, computer security. You deal with computer security. Ah, oh, and then you check if something is vulnerable in that way. Ah. Oh. Um, and engineer what? Do you engineer vulnerabilities or do you stop the vulnerability happening? Are you on the good side of this or the evil side? That's you're on the good side. Who do you work for? Is it going to be allowed to know? Oracle. What the ITV teletext service from the 1980s? Have you travelled through time? <laughs> Oracle. From Blake Seven. Unless that's all right. Um, Oracle, what do they do? Are they a thing? If you, everyone seems to know what they yeah. are. They, is it the same thing as did the CFAX? They're in Reading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were, why are you all saying things? What's going on? People are sort of just saying things quietly to each other so I can't quite hear them. It's, it's like being <laughs> stealth heckled here and it's very confusing because I want to know what you're saying. It's just like people are whispering to each other. That's much better as a heckle. That's what hecklers haven't realised. Just whisper stuff like, he's a bit of a cunt. This guy's a cunt. You go, what? What are you saying about me? Say it out loud. I'm very paranoid. Uh, well, nice to meet Tom. Was it, was it Tom? Yeah, did well, didn't I? I remembered. Um, you here with this lady here, Ian? No. Maybe by the end of the evening. Now she knows what... Any chance, do you think, you know, the two of you getting together? Yeah, man. How do you feel about that? It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> That's the kind of audience I get. Disgusting, wife-swapping. I like that we're in kind of little linen, colourless shirts, sir. I like that look. It's like you, th you think it's the summer. It's the whole front row travelled from different times. Is that, is that what's happened? What's your name? Andy. Oh, that's nice, good name. You're very happy about yourself, aren't you? Um, what, do you what do you do for a living? Are you a drug dealer? Plaster. You plaster? Yeah. Oh. And it's not I plaster, I, pl I plaster. You're like a posh plasterer. <laughs> I like it. I that's good. 
I've just had my house done. That's why I'm giving away all this stuff. <laughs> nice to meet you. Anyway, look, uh, that's driven that into a fucking hole in the ground, haven't I? <laughs> Loads of money, eh? Um, that's what you're like, isn't it? I'm going to do be more impressions. That was my impression of loads of money there. We've got quite a good impression that's coming on. I've got, I've got quite a good... I met Alan Rickman last week while he was standing in the same room near to him. Uh, and uh, I wanted to go up to him and said, I can do an impression of you. And then go, oh! Mainly visual. That's why you have to pay to come and see this. Then I would have said, that is you in Die Hard. That is your best film. He would have liked it. Um, my wife likes Harry Potter and she wanted to say it was good when you turned out not to be evil in the end of Harry Potter. Oh, spoils it for you. Snape's good in the end. <laughs> People genuinely disappointed. I hadn't got to the last one yet. Do you know what Harry Potter is? What's going on with you lot? Is there anyone out there? Hello? Rob Delaney's not coming back. He's gone. If you came to see him, you can go home. Anyway, sorry, Peter. I've gone for ages. Will you please welcome my guest for this podcast? He is best known as the second henchman in the ITV movie of Jack and the Beanstalk. But he's done some other stuff. But that is what he's best known for. Please welcome Peter Sarovinovich, ladies and gentlemen. Doing? Hi, wow, that was a great intro. Thanks, man. If you do really well, I'll let you choose one of those DVDs to take home with you. Oh, spaced. Yeah. <laughs> Though I hear on the internet that you like to download stuff without paying for it. That's what I hear. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, I guess we do we all do it? I don't know. Don't um, be proud of yourself, you're a thief. <laughs> You're stealing our work. Well, not so much mine, because there's not really any of that on video. Uh, <laughs> you're stealing this podcast. Oh, it's free. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I wrote some very ill-advised piece <laughs> on a blog, which, um, which has basically jeopardized every single job I've done since then, um, about how... I don't even know what the argument was. I mean, it's just, it, 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 I suppose it was, it was a thing about like common sense about like, I mean, I still get this now. I've got, uh, I've got my, uh, my Mac and uh, I. Uh, <laughs> Someone hissing. <laughs> Someone's deflating. <laughs> And, and I tried to, uh, I rented a film on iTunes and I thought I'll just copy that onto my, uh, my phone so I could watch it on the train or whatever. And it wouldn't let me do it. It's like, it's like locked me into this thing. And it's like, I want to give these people money, you know? I yeah. want to, but they make it so difficult for you to, <laughs> to have these things and watch them where you want, you know? It's like, like Rob Delaney, uh, his stand-up special... He, I think it was, it was like, uh, who was it? Louis C.K. did, a, did yeah. a stand-up special that he produced himself. And uh, he, uh, he charged, I don't know what, what it was, like $10 or whatever to download this thing. And then he could do what you wanted with it. And it was a huge success. And Rob did, did a similar thing. And, and I think that's kind of the way forward, really. You know, I yeah. think it's... It, well, cut out all those other people. It's kind of nice to, to, to own the... Uh, 
uh, own the kind of rights to it yourself, I suppose, yeah. But um, I, I've just uh, illegally downloaded the final bit of, well, the final current bit of Breaking Bad. But right, yeah, I kind of feel that's all right. It's about criminals, isn't it? So what they're going <laughs> to... What they're yeah. going to do. It's very addictive as well, Breaking Bad. I'm fucking furious. They've put, they put a mid-season break in. Fucking yeah, angry about it. it's pretty amazing, that, isn't it, that show? What do you remember about being the second henchman in um, ITV's Jack and the Beanstalk in 1997? <laughs> oh, that question again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I remember about it was they said... Is this, when, it was like 1999, so I hadn't really, I was just kind of bobbling under, I hadn't really done anything, and, uh, and they, they said to me, um, come and be in this ITV panto, they'd done one a, a, a year before, I can't remember who was in it, like ITV people, and they said, in this one, there's Julie Walters is in it, Griff Rhys Jones, Neil Morrissey, who I really love, and, uh, and, uh, Denise Van Outen, and um, who else was in it? Like Paul Merton, Julian Clary, it was like lots and lots of people. And then I thought, oh wow, this, this could be really exciting. And then they, they sent me the script, and I was like Griff Reese Jones's henchman. And they, they, um, they said to me, look, don't worry, I know it's only two lines at the moment, but the part will grow. <laughs> and what happened was the part shrank. <laughs> And, uh, and I didn't actually, I didn't actually say anything. And um, and they made me wear this weird costume that was like something that. Uh, who was that? Who was that gay designer? Um, Lee Bowery. You know, remember Lee yeah. Bowery used to wear these like dresses with like a sort of happy face mask on. And he was like a huge guy, you know. It was basically, that's what I, I just stood on ITV <laughs> in this horrible skin-tight purple and green thing with like a skull cap on. And oh, it was just, it was really horrible, actually. It was one job, you know, it was one job that... Uh, have you ever... So people, people would say to me, look, you did a, you did a job and you should never regret anything that you've done. And I do regret doing that. I really do because I felt like I was around these people that I, I, I thought were great and I was just like a kind of big extra. You know, <laughs> Sorry to have brought it up. I'm, in fact, now I'm tempted to make the whole podcast to be just about this. Okay. Like it was only a throwaway joke, but we've got quite a good... Uh, little view into the world um, but you didn't go much when you, you were in very exciting the most exciting thing uh, is that you were Darth Maul in uh, one of the Star, uh, one rubbish yeah, Star Wars films one of the Star Wars films uh, <laughs> <laughs> not one of the good ones but they, you know, that's no, not, not your fault you were, a ba- you were like a little baby when the first ones came out yeah. you couldn't have been in those but yeah. you only had three lines in that I'm surprised to find out it was yeah. mainly because you didn't do all the jumping around I didn't do I refused to do that so they got somebody else <laughs> In. That was Ray. It was Ray Park. Uh, yeah. Was the played his Ray Parker Junior's uh, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ray Park Senior. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So do I you did... remember any of the lines from uh, from uh, that you had to do? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I uh, yes, my master. That was that was one of them. <laughs> If, if uh, George Lucas is listening in, wants to remaster <laughs> this with me doing it, Tatooine is uh, sparsely populated. If the trace is correct, I will find them quickly. So I haven't written down very well. Quickly enough or something. Quickly, probably. 
Uh, so if you want to remaster that and sing, you can use my voice, I'm happy to do that. Wow. It's like uh, listening to an aural mirror. <laughs> At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. Jedi. The Jedi. <laughs> Uh, what I like about this is that what I like about these at last we will reveal ourselves <laughs> to Jedi I think you should go through and change it the Those Jedi picking Jedi <laughs> at last we will have revenge yes my master it's like yeah. the third line yeah there's not much character development for him Why? well I was a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I think the first Star Wars film is like my favourite uh, it's probably my favourite film I think and um, so when I heard that they were making a new one I was I was so excited and then when I found out that I was auditioning to play the voice of the baddie in in the new one I just I, I, I just couldn't contain myself and then when I found out that I got it I still couldn't believe it I still even after you know I did a few voice sessions we recorded it in um they recorded it in a studio over here that was notoriously quite a cheap studio, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, they're, they're recording here. Oh, okay, well, anyway. And then I went in, and there's George Lucas, and it was just so incredibly exciting. And then I went into the booth, and what usually happens when you record a voiceover is the producer and the director and everybody and the sound engineer, they all sit outside with the desk and they can hear everything through the speakers. But George came into the booth with me and sat behind me. <laughs> and it was really unsettling, you know? All I could think of was George Lucas is sitting yeah. behind me. George Lucas is sitting behind me, you know? And uh, so I had these lines. There were originally a few more lines um, <laughs> it was the second henchman all over again yeah. wasn't it I turned up in the whole henchman outfit and and, uh, and so I said to I said to George as I called him I said uh, I said what, how do you want me to do this what, what direction can you give me and he said just make him evil just make him sound real evil uh, all right, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I did, and I, I did my uh, I, I did my impressions for him. <laughs> uh, I tried to. I was I was shaking so much, you know. I was shaking, and I thought I I can't sit with George Lucas and not do my Star Wars impression. I mean, I didn't do them all, you know. <laughs> but uh, I did my uh, Chewbacca. And which I used to be quite a heavy smoker, and it was a lot better when I was a heavy <laughs> smoker. But uh, and I did my Darth Vader as well. I ordered um, I ordered a, a, an orange juice from the studio, and I asked them for a pint glass, so I knew that when I finished my orange juice, I, I'd have the empty <laughs> glass, which is the impressionist's tool if you want to do Darth Vader. So I did that, and uh, and it was it was really exciting. You know, they they had to revoice this Ray Park guy because his voice was a little bit I don't know. It was just like too soft, you know. And but I was thrilled because it was like maybe my favourite part of the Star Wars films is James L. Jones's voice, you know. And I and. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then I, when I, I, I did these ads, the, these like, they called them uh, tone poems. It was so pretentious. 
was, they did these tone poem ads. I mean, the, the, the technique's been copied quite a bit now, where as Darth Maul, it was like a 30-second TV spot, and I said, fear attracts the fearful, the strong, the weak, the innocent, the corrupt. Fear, fear is my ally. <laughs> and so I did these things with like this, this music and stuff. Darth Maul, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, so I did these things. I remember, I remember George Lucas saying to me, you know, uh, you, you're kind of like the new James Earl Jones. And I was like, am I? No. No. And then we were talking about, uh, then we were talking about, uh, we were talking about Dave Prowse. And um, he called him the Jedi. The Jedi. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, Definitely uh, Jedi. And he. Uh, Dave Prowse, Green Cross Man. Remember him? Uh, this is proper observational comedy now. That was that was a proper one. But for those of you who don't know, he was a West Country man who uh, yeah, he's who a played giant Darth Vader. guy. And uh, but uh, I remember George Lucas saying to me, you know, uh, you know, Dave Prowse was only in uh, was only in the Darth Vader suit when he was standing and pointing. When he was running or fighting, it was like other guys. <laughs> so he was basically just the standing Darth Vader. <laughs> But then I, I, I was so excited, and they, it was one of those, have you ever done a job where it's like veiled in like this ridiculous secrecy, and you're not allowed to tell anybody about it? I, I could have stopped you, have you ever done a job? That's <laughs> have you ever been in Star Wars, Rich? No, I haven't, Peter, no. Yeah, I, I wasn't even asked to do couples fucking retreat. I'm not gonna get, can't get asked to do Star Wars, am I? So, uh, <laughs> So I, I, I remember, I, they were so secretive about it, I didn't even know if I was definitely gonna do the job, you know? And I'd heard a rumor that somebody else was doing this voice and I was thinking, oh shit, I've told everybody now, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, then the trailer came online and it was, this was like, a, uh, uh, it was like sort of the first time anybody had really watched a trailer on the internet. And this was like in, 99, I think, or 2000. Anyway, one of those, and when, when we all had like really old modems, you know, <laughs> phone 56K modems, where it would just take, I mean, this, this trailer was probably about like 10 megabytes or something, and it took literally like two and a half hours of pure uninterrupted <laughs> phone use. Uh, uninterrupted being the key, because if you had call waiting, then that was it, you had to start again. <laughs> if anyone picked it up, it was, you had to start again, or, you know, just a bird people landed on the... People genuinely don't remember this. There's, no, no, there's no, no, audience don't like looking at us going, what are you talking about? It's... And then, I don't remember this world before. And then, and, and also, my, my friend, Lewis McLeod, who's another comedian, is a brilliant voice actor, and he was in the film as well, playing uh, Sebulba, who's like the, um, he's like an alien in the an alien, racing. alien, eh? They're really branching out, aren't they, with a Star Wars, <laughs> an alien in it. And, and come uh, up with that. And then, and then we, we watched this thing after like, waiting patiently for this thing. We watched it and I just thought it looked like the most incredible film I'd ever seen. I just thought, this is like, this is like sci-fi meets Fellini, you know? Seeing those, those costumes looked incredible. And it was, and also the trailer was fantastic. I mean, I know that the, the film was, well, we'll get to the film, but... Uh, <laughs> 
But the trailer, even watching it again now, it makes me think, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out again. Because the trailer <laughs> does make it look like a really amazing film. And then, and then I remember I, the premiere was in New York. And I thought, wow, this is like a film premiere, you know? It's my first one. And they're going to fly me out and I'm going to be put up in a hotel and, you know, people are going to take photos of me and it's going to be really super exciting. And, and then, then, I, I wasn't invited to the premiere. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. And then I got my agent to see, you know, if they could do anything. And I think at the time I was with, um, I was with Talkback, who uh, were owned, probably still are, by Mel, Mel uh, Smith, Smith and yeah. Griff Reese jones Actually, maybe they don't own it anymore. But I think they might not own it now, but they did back then. But I had th the henchman connection. Yes, the henchman connection. <laughs> and, um, and Mel Smith uh, wrote a letter to Rob McCallum, who's the producer, and he'd worked with him before on my behalf. And I didn't even know Mel Smith, but he, he, he did this as a, as a kindness to me. And then I got this invite, but it still was like, it was still a bit weird. It was still like, I, I had to fly out there myself. I had to pay for this ticket. It was like a... <laughs> It was, it was like a charity gala thing <laughs> where the tickets were $1,000. And I was pretty skinned then, you know? But I thought, well, I've I, I got to go to the Star Wars premiere, you know? So paid that. I paid for my sister and her boyfriend to come out. And, and then, uh, and then, but, it, you know, it was all worth it. It was all like, you know, it was on a Sunday and we were walking through New York and I just thought, wow, this is so exciting. There's posters for it everywhere and everyone was talking about it. And then we get in, into the cinema and Liam Neeson's there being all, all giant and gorgeous <laughs> with everybody. And, and it was just super, super, super exciting. And then we sat down in the, in the theater <laughs> and, um, and then the, the lights went down and the Fox fanfare came on and everybody just, you know, even if you weren't a geek, you, you, it was just, it was, it, 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 there's nothing more associated with, the, with, with that fanfare than Star Wars, you know. So everyone was like, oh my God. And then, Star Wars comes up on the screen. Everyone's like, oh, fucking yes, this is fucking amazing. Oh my God, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> And then we started reading the text. And, and, you know, I mean, the text is not a big part of the other film. So I was thinking, right, okay, fine, you know, fine. We're watching this thing, something about a, a trade agreement, <laughs> I think was the most exciting part of the, uh, of the text. And then the text goes, and they're like, right, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Here's the stars, right? Starfield, okay, Starfield, right. Uh, spaceship, fantastic, the wars, brilliant, okay. Uh, and then we start watching it for like 10 minutes, and like there's, there's Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson in a spaceship, and it's just like really boring, you know? We're just like, oh man, this is boring. Everybody's silent, you know? They made a joke in it about five minutes in, like, Ewan McGregor has to say, 
I, I've got a bad feeling about this, which George Lucas probably was thinking, everybody's going to kill themselves when they say that, because like, we said it in the other films. And everyone's like, yeah, no, we've actually got a bad feeling about this film, because it looks terrible, you know? And then, but, but, you know, still, it's like 10 minutes in, and you're thinking, okay, well, let it, let it go on. You know, it sort of looks spectacular and stuff. And then it's like half an hour in. Also, Darth Maul hasn't made an appearance, so I'm kind of <laughs> zoning out anyway, you know. And then, and then I'm just watching it. I'm thinking, what is it about this film? It's like, it's boring. The, the, there's like a chase sequence where they get chased by a giant fish. <laughs> and then the climax of that chase is the fish is eaten by a huge fish. And then that, the little comedy button on that uh, is uh, Liam Neeson says, there's always a bigger fish, <laughs> you know. So it was like a literal representation <laughs> of, that, of that saying. And, um, and everybody's kind of looking at each other. It's like question marks above people's heads, you know. And then, and then, oh, that's right, yeah. And also in the first half of another film, it's like, you know, because of course it's about this trade embargo, which kids love, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so, and there's these, these uh, aliens, again, the, the, more the, aliens. these more aliens, uh, from the, uh, some kind of trade federation, <laughs> who are like, who are like sort of these, sort of Chinese, uh, Japanese, Asian stereotypes who I noted at the end of the film were played by white English <laughs> actors. And I'm thinking, all right, okay. Well, I mean, Star Wars was always a little, like I always thought the Jawas were kind of like a bit of a cipher for, you know, I don't know, like how George Lucas sees Arabs, maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I always thought... <laughs> I, I kind of <laughs> always sort of thought that was a bit dodgy. But anyway, <laughs> but this was like really overt. And then, then, uh, then we meet uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. And, you know, I look, I mean, I, what can I say about Jar Jar Binks that hasn't already been said? But it, I, I was just shocked at how, uh, how... First of all, how unfunny he was. I mean, we all know that. <laughs> I mean, has any, even a kid, has any, a kid ever laughed at a single Jar Jar Binks antic? You know? And, uh, but I just thought that is, that's like a, uh, such a, in any other film, people would say, that's like a really awful portrayal of like a stereotypical black man at the turn of the century. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm watching that. And also, and he's played by a black guy as well, Jar Jar Binks. I mean, poor guy. I mean, what the fuck is he doing now? You know, that guy. Oh, my God. Um, he had all that plastic surgery for a start, you know. And, and, then, and then there was, like, there's this character who's, uh, who's a slave owner who's, like, this character called Watto. I don't you know if you remember this. He's, like, this kind of big flat fat fly thing he's got a big nose oh, and he's sort of got, he's got this sort of Jewish <laughs> pagan accent and at one point literally says oi you know <laughs> and you're like oh my god it's sort of it reminds me of like one of those 
if you're watching like Channel 4 in the day and there's like an old black and white film <laughs> on and someone's in like blackface, you know, and they, they just bought this film for eight pounds to show and nobody's checked it and it's just, it's like the most racist film of the 20th century. <laughs> you know, I, I would say, you know, so not only, not only that, not only was that making us feel uncomfortable, it was like, it was boring, it was... Uh, it was it, it was so um, uh, it was like it was just like a such like a, a just a huge uh, toy advert, <laughs> yeah. you know. And also, and the, and the thing was, well, and I I, I felt kind of shitty about it because I I got it was one of the worst paying jobs I've ever done. I really got like paid hardly anything for this. I was so out of pocket going to the premiere, you know. And um, and I I, I did this. Um, I did this uh, little stint on Six Music and I got to interview some people and I, I got to interview Terence Stamp and I got to ask him about his experience on it. And it was just, it was just hilarious because uh, they said he'd just moved to Australia and then he got a call from his agent saying, uh, Terence, they want you in London. They want you to be in this new Star Wars film. Terence Stamp's like, what the fuck, Star Wars? <laughs> I don't care, you know. Whatever, and and he said, well, what's the, his agent said? Look, I really, really think you should do it. So Terry said, well, well, what's the part? And he said, it's the king of the universe. He said, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So he's like, okay. And then they told him as well that his scenes would be with Natalie Portman in that bit where. I mean, it's, it's a spectacular looking thing. The art direction on the film is, is pretty brilliant. You know, the, the bit where they're, they're all on sort of flying pods and yeah. it's like the Senate and it's massive and it's, uh, it's, but it's all CG. So it all looks like, it all looks like uh, games from 2004. <laughs> and um, and so, so he's like, oh, well, I get to play the king of the universe and I get to meet Natalie Portman who, uh, who, <laughs> What was that film where she played an assassin? Leon. Yeah, Leon, Leon. yeah. He said, oh, yeah, I quite fancied her when she was in Leon. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay. <laughs> so he's like, okay, right, I'll, I'll, go and, I'll go and do this thing. So he gets, he gets, uh, he gets to Is London. Is Terrence Stamp dead? Because I might not be able to put this out. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I know, is... I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, We might have to kill him before we put this out. That's what I'm <laughs> So anyway... <laughs> He gets on the plane, he's knackered, and he gets to, uh, he gets to Pinewood or wherever it was, and, uh, and he meets George Lucas, and George says, okay, great, uh, so uh, if you stand here, and Terrence like, what, here? Uh, it's just like this green room, you know? <laughs> it's like just all green screen. He says, okay, you stand there, and you see that little uh, white cross? That's Natalie Portman. <laughs> 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 oh god so he does like these two days of like looking at an ex and uh <laughs> and fantasizing about a child Natalie Portman <laughs> and then I think maybe George Lucas had heard about this I <laughs> <laughs> have to put a little X there <laughs> and uh feel sorry for George Lucas he's got you fucking doing impressions of the the first star where you go in and you go oh did you want to hear my Darth Vader impression no I don't everyone fucking does that <laughs> yes. leave me alone so he gets on the phone to his agent and his agent says to him uh, he says, look, I'm sick of this. This job's a load of shit. You know, I'm standing in a green room talking to a white cross. And his agent says, look, I know the money's not very good, but George gives you a special gift. 
a nice <laughs> gift. That's what he's renowned for doing. So, you know, just, you know, stay it out. So he did the next day. And then a runner took him to his little three-way hutch thing and said, uh, there's a present for you from George Lucas. So he goes in. And on his little desk there is like a package uh, to Terence. He opens it up. And... <laughs> And it was uh, a stencil set of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's like a child's stencil set wherein you could draw accurate um, logos of Darth Maul and a pod racer stencil set. That was his, that was his gift. So, uh, and the thing is, George Lucas probably gets a discount on those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I'd have done if I'd been George Lucas? What? I'd have put a Shrek in it. So it should have put a Shrek in that instead of Jar Jar Binks. Or maybe with Jar Jar Binks. It's a yeah. kind of racial stereotype as well. It's kind of offensive racial stereotype, you think? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? A Shrek? Yeah, a Shrek. Just, just a Shrek? Yeah, it's not the Shrek, it's a Shrek. Yeah. It's a very different... I've never found the Shrek cartoons very appealing. Well, it's not... It's a Shrek, it's like another Shrek. It's not a Shrek. It's not Shrek. It's not a Shrek, it's a Shrek. A Shrek with a small S. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'd just be in there dancing around. Just a Shrek. It would be a crossover. People yeah. would like people like Shreks. Yeah, they do. There's nothing that wouldn't be improved without a Shrek in it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. At least one Shrek. You don't want to go overboard. No. If you put two Shreks in, that's about as many as you yeah. can get in. <laughs> Hopefully someone will do it on YouTube. Hopefully someone will take the Darth Maul bits on YouTube and put my voiceover with on them. I hope Looking so. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And hopefully George Lucas will see that. And I'm going to be more grateful if George Lucas puts me in a Star Wars film. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be nice about him afterwards. Okay. And not, it's got a funny it, was, little... it was great fun to do, though. Yeah. It's, no, it's, a man, it's an amazing... Yeah. I got to it's a shame him. that you had such a horrible time. Well, no, it was just afterwards. It was just, it was just, you know, it was just the whole thing afterwards. But I remember doing one session, actually, they went to Abbey Road Studios, and that was brilliant, because I was like, wow, I'm going to Abbey Road Studios. You know, <laughs> Abbey Road. Because <laughs> I'm a huge... Are you a Beatles fan? I like the Beatles. I think you like the Beatles more than me, though. Yeah. Just because I think you really fucking love the Beatles. Right? I really do. I mean, I, li I do like really them. Do. They're a good band. They were a pretty good I band, wish they'd get yeah. back together. <laughs> they did some good songs. I was messaged on Twitter by Pete Best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who we both follow each other. And uh, yeah, I was really thrilled. <laughs> I was really thrilled. Pete Best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's good. He was, you know, he was, didn't make it into the... The most famous lineup. Yeah. What about one of the quarry men? Have you ever one of the one of the boys who was in the quarry men? Have they following you on uh, the ones who played on that when he went to that fate and they just basically played on a truck? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One of the blokes in the background from there follows me on Twitter. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, touche. <laughs> You know you're in The Calcium Kid, the film The Calcium Kid? <laughs> yes. 
Were you annoyed that they misspelt your surname in the t- in the credits to that film? I am annoyed. They spelt it. They felt it needed an extra H. I can kind of maybe see their point, but uh, but the but the the sort of annoying thing is on IMDb, uh, which. Um, which for actors is like porn, really. <laughs> well, actually, no, porn is like porn for actors, but, but uh, they, they sort of misspell my name. Just because of that one film, I'm sort of, my name is Peter Serafinowicz, or Peter Serafinowicz with an extra H. It's quite rude. Were you a big part in the calcium? I haven't seen the calcium kid. No. Is Ahmed Jalili in that? Is that what's it? Uh, was in it. I never saw it. My friend uh, Ivanhoe was in it. Ivanhoe, Ivanhoe Narona. He played um, uh, this morning. Rich and not Judy fans. He played the horse David Collins, who at Nostradamus rode around. It was he was just. I mean, he was in a horse costume. Right. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if you saw him in the street. He's called Ivanhoe Narona. He spelled his name costume. right. It's a bit rude, isn't it, to get your name spelt wrong? Yeah, it was I, a little bit. The yeah. one film, I, I did a film once, read, no, it was called, uh, and I, I, this seems like a joke, right? The, the film was called Manila Envelopes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I only saw the bit I was in. It was once mentioned on Jonathan Ross on film, whatever, 2000, whatever it was. Right. He said, coming up in production, Manila Envelopes. And it's exciting. And I played a character that was called Tony Wilson, right? The, it was, but it was just an interviewer. You know, Tony Wilson was yeah, still yeah, alive yeah. then, Tony Wilson. Right. And, um, and, and I obviously thought, oh, well, that's just, uh, you know, that he's meant to be like Tony Wilson. <laughs> And I did the part, and then the cameraman came up to me and said, I just have to say, I'm a massive fan of yours. <laughs> and he was, it actually was a French guy, and I was going, really? And I was going, yeah, I'm, you're amazing, I can't believe I've met you. I was going, oh, really? What have, you, what have you seen of mine in France? And he obviously thought I was Tony. Well, they obviously, Tony Wilson was obviously meant to do it, but couldn't do it. And he oh, thought I was Tony Wilson. Fuck, okay. And then I had to pretend to be Tony Wilson. Oh, God. Because it was too embarrassing to go, I'm not actually Tony Wilson. I had to go, I'm good. I didn't really know what Tony Wilson had done. That's the, I kind of reckon he was... So I just had to go, yeah, no, was, I was good. You know, with this music stuff I did, all that stuff with music. Very embarrassing. And then the film, I don't think, even got released. Wow. I was good, in it? Um, that film that I did, The Calcium Kid, I, yeah. played, I played a DJ in it. I remember, before, I was just one thing I did one day on. I remember the director, I think it was the director said to me, he's like, a, I said, how do you want this DJ? And he said, well, he's meant to be like funny. I know, why don't you do him like Alan Partridge? Thought, <laughs> why don't you write your own fucking comic <laughs> character for me to do? Oh, God. It's bad boxer who drank milk, wasn't it? Wasn't huh? Orlando Bloom was in it? Orlando Bloom, yeah. 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 It's his most famous role. He's in, uh, you know, everything links back. Everything we talk about will link back somehow to this pile of DVDs. Ah, okay. Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the Space, I know you've got Space there. I do, yeah, you're in that. The first, the first uh, series, the episode I was in the first series, you watched that in my house. <laughs> do you remember? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember very much about the 1990s, I have to say. Me neither. Me <laughs> I neither. vaguely do remember. What was Yeah, because it was, I, there was I, a I few wasn't of invited. Us. I was just, I was hiding in a cupboard. There was a few of us, because I used to have like little kind of gets together, I suppose you would call them, at my house, and uh, for like, you know, people, comedy people, like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost lived around the corner, and they would come round, and uh, who else? David Williams was there that yeah. night. 
think we were all going off to Mark Gatiss's birthday party. Oh, do you yeah. remember that? I do. I think I do remember yeah. this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I... Re- no, actually, I think I remember, and we'll talk about next week. We've got next week, we've got... Oh, sorry, last week, for people at home. Uh, next week, <laughs> we've got uh, Steve Pemberton and uh, Reese Shearsmith. Oh, great. But I think I remember being at that party, and they were very much in the ascendant yeah, at that point. Yeah, And I was very much in the descendant. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, God... And then I think I went home and cried. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it's all over. So thanks for bringing that up. I'd forgotten about that. But that was, that was like, that that was, you know, because I know Rob talked about being sober and stuff. And uh, that's Rob Delaney from last week's, (laughs) two weeks ago. Next week's, two weeks ago's (laughs) podcast. Um, And, uh, and I. I, Feels like only minutes ago he was. And I, I, I've been, I haven't, I stopped drinking about 10 years ago, I think. Sorry. But that, but around that sort of space time, uh, that was like, uh, yeah, I was, I, I used to cane it. <laughs> <laughs> it really used to, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, do you remember you worked on the Lee and Herring radio show? Yeah, I do. What do you remember about those guys? Because uh, <laughs> I, I don't really remember you, I mean, I remember you being on it, but I can't remember anything about those radio shows. Wasn't I, I, I did, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Did you? I thought I wondered if you did Anthony Hopkins originally because yeah. that was my favourite uh, sketch we did. Yeah. <laughs> it was this sketch we did in, on the radio and it was on TV but we had to censor it because it was went out. I think I'm not sure even went out that late, but it was about the, there was lots of films with Anthony Hopkins basically writing letters of repressed love to people. It came from 94 <laughs> Charing Cross Road. <laughs> <laughs> writing to Anne Bancroft for years and years yeah. and then um, finally Anthony Hopkins chanced his arm and then he writes a fairly explicit sexual <laughs> sexual letter <laughs> to Anne Bancroft and the final line he goes yours sincerely Anthony Hopkins P.S. I am wanking as I write this yeah. <laughs> it was my absolute favourite thing Leon Herring ever so did and, and you know, <laughs> it's all down to you though I think Alistair McGowan played it on the TV version and they censored the wanking. Did they? Which rather wrecks the joke. Right, yeah. But I think it might have been on This Morning Rich, Not Judy. Any fans in? Yeah. I can't remember anything about those. Who did you think was, when you met Leon Herring in 1994, who do you think would go on to be <laughs> the, most, the most successful out of those two? Well, I, I do remember... <laughs> I do remember, like, because I, I, I tried doing stand-up in the early 90s, and I remember I, I lived in Crouch End at the time, and there's that pub, The King's Head in Crouch End. Oh, yeah, which, right. which has, Still going. Um, does it really? Still yeah. goes, still does comedy. Is it Hugh Thomas who's still... I think uh, the, uh, the, the other guy, um, he put me on the spot, and I should know his name straight away. It's, I don't think Hugh Thomas is there. Ah, oh, sorry, I've forgotten. I've just in the heat at the moment. I know him very well. I've forgotten his name, but the other yeah. guy's still there. Um, okay. <laughs> Note to editor, just loop that bit. Gotta remember, Jar Jar Binks, it might have been. I don't know. Got that in my head now. George Lucas. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. And I, remember seeing, I remember seeing Stuart do um, his routine about uh, the, the owl and the pussycat. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he had a black leather jacket on and just this big quiff and looking all sort of cool and... And I just thought he was fucking amazing. <laughs> and it just terrified me from doing stand-up. I just thought, God, this guy's so cool. And, and uh... so, and then you met me and you thought, <laughs> and then you thought, wow, I was certainly wrong about yeah. him the being uh, the cool one. It was the 
fat guy who gets cries at pies. <laughs> Came round to my house and watched that space from me. Oh, God. But I did, I loved your show. I loved you're, it. It was you brilliant. Do, it was you're wicked. in the Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle, according to oh, the IMD yeah. database. Yeah, yeah, I was. Oh, well, no, just I just did some voicey bits yeah. on it, you know. Yeah. Did Stuart Lee stand behind you as you were in the, in the room <laughs> as you were doing it? Tell me to make everything so Did really you do easy. some impressions of, of stuff? Can you do an impression of Stuart? Yeah, I can do Stuart, yeah. Go on. Um, well... Uh, <laughs> mainly most of mine are quite visual. Uh, I'll do the bit from... I could uh, do a bit in the show with the Julia... Um, so I talk about the Julia Sawala shrine. I said, my ideal one would be the head of Julia Sawala on the body of Julia Sawala. And Stuart would say, well, what you... That's... What you've done there, that is... That's just Julia Sawala. It'd be easier, wouldn't it just be easier to say that my ideal woman is Julia Sawala? <laughs> Something like that. It's brilliant. I did it better, I did it better on the DVD. What is love anyway? You can get that from gofasterstripe.com. Buy, actually, I didn't really publicise it. Buy Rob Delaney's download from robdelaney.com. I know it was two weeks ago, but... Um, <laughs> It's a really good show. I couldn't say to I was a bit, you know, I was a bit in awe of him. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. You're Shaun of the Dead, or a fantastic, Shaun amazing of the Dead. film. You're a um, nasty man in that. Yeah, well, so I, I, I... You get, I you actually so. got to be a zombie. We were talking about that yeah, with Rob. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to do a thing uh, uh, like uh, something about a guy who gets bitten by a zombie but doesn't turn into a full zombie. He just like, he looks like a zombie but he's just like a normal guy. His brain function hasn't changed at all. You know, he's just like a guy but uh, he, he, he can only get like acting jobs in zombie films. <laughs> When he has to put on the whole uh, thing, you know. <laughs> and he finds it patronising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's making me do the whole thing. Uh, I'll ask you uh, an emergency question. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? Have I ever seen a Bigfoot? Um, I tell you, it's probably not going to work very well, but when I meet someone who has seen a Bigfoot, this is going to be a fucking blistering question. <laughs> No, no. no, I mean, no. I've seen that, that film when I was a kid. I, I, I was often, uh, I, I loved watching Arthur C. Clarke's mysterious world of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they would have something about Bigfoot on there and, oh my God, Arthur C. Clarke. There's the bit, there's the famous film of the guy, the Bigfoot yeah, walking the guy, through. Yeah, I mean, he looks a bit like a bloke in a sort of gorilla costume. Yeah, and but also he's what's got... brilliant, he walks, he lumbers along, and then he turns and looks right at the camera. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. And he's got a sort of 1970s <laughs> swagger about him as well. If uh, you had a choice between having a hand made out of ham... Yeah. But if you can eat the ham and it will grow back the hand but gradually right. or an armpit which dispenses sun cream but only a bottle's worth a day so you cannot use it in a commercial way you can't set yourself up as a sun cream factory armpit factory right. which of those two things would you choose it's no have you ever sucked your own cock is it um, God, I don't know uh... most people have worked this out before this is a question most people 
have thought about before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like ham. Yeah. And I like sun cream. <laughs> Can only have one. It's a really hard. Uh, it's a really hard thing. I, I, I suppose probably the sun cream one. You know. Yeah. I think because because I, I think if I had the ham there all the time. <laughs> I'd probably just grow used to it and every morning I would wake up and just eat the whole ham hand and then I'd have to spend the day with just one human hand and a, and a sort of yeah. a sort of stump with some ham gristle on the end of it. Uh, whereas if I had the, uh, the thing, how much of this suntan lotion do I have? You can like a, a regular sized bottle. I mean, you'd be able to take, in a bottle you would be able to take through um, an aeroplane, right. onto an aeroplane in your hand luggage, but no bigger than 100, uh, 100 centiliters. And could I choose the SPF? <laughs> <laughs> or would that be something that would be regulated by, say, my hormones or my thyroid? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd probably go for the uh, the, the the sun cream. That'd yeah, be that'd good. be quite quite a cool trick to do at the beach. That'd be nice. Yeah, be like, like a sort of a little stool. Be like a sebaceous cyst. <laughs> yes. Just squeeze it. That's what I'm imagining. Uh, Gonna squeeze it. Wouldn't smell like what? Have you ever had a sebaceous cyst, madam? Have you? Nasty. In it. You squeeze them and it's nasty. In it. Three smells. It wouldn't smell. It would smell like sun cream. Just a little whiff. Um, really underneath the sun cream smell would be a tiny smell of actual sebaceous. So people just be, when they're around you and you had it on, they're just thinking, something going, is it, is it me? Is there a smell in here? I mean, they could make it with a sebaceous cyst scent. Yeah. You know, if you wanted that. They can do anything. Yeah. When you go to Nando's, what, um, what heat sauce do you have on Nando's? I've never been to Nando's. Come on! I hear the chicken's good there. It's good. Um, You mainly want to go for chicken. I've never been to Nando's, uh, so I don't know. Let's go to Nando's after. Let's all go to Nando's. Us in the audience. You've already shown you're very generous. You can pay. Where is... Who invented... Who is Nando? Ian Nando. Ian Nando? Yeah. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Ian Nando. (laughs) Yeah. The Portuguese, uh, half, half Scottish, half Portuguese. <laughs> you like chicken and uh, hot sauce. It's very healthy, isn't it, Nando's? Because you don't, deep, it's not deep fried. It's not like chicken cottage where you go, mate. <laughs> I've got your number. Uh, have you ever tried to suck your own cock, uh, Peter Serafinovich? Uh, <clears throat> no, I no. haven't. Um, if, I, if I thought, I, I'm not very... Uh, I haven't got a very mobile torso. <laughs> I think I probably, if I did, if I was limber enough, I probably would, you know? Yeah. I know where it's been. <laughs> Just be one more place that it's been. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and that, and what I really, really, really liked your TV show, the Peter Serafinowicz show. Oh, thanks, thank you. I did. I really liked it. I thought could have done with a Shrek in it, but apart from that, apart from that, I thought it was a very good, like there were there were proper like comedy sketches, and it, I thought it had quite a broad appeal, but also that there was proper detail and proper jokes, and so it wasn't. Oh, thanks, man. When there were things like Titty Bang Bang going on around the same time. It was well, definitely better than that. 
why didn't it get another series and what's going on? Will there be more Peter Serafinovich shows in I the don't pipeline? Know. I, don't, I don't really know why it didn't get... I, I, you know, part of the thing of... Part of it was I, I, I sort of didn't know if I... I mean, look, let's cut to the chase. The real reason was I asked for one and they didn't give me one. You know? But uh, there, I, I remember I did, I did a Christmas special and they did at the time say, can you make it so it's an audience show, like with audience laughter? Um, and they wanted me to... They basically... Catherine Tate had just finished doing her sketch show and they wanted like a replacement for that, you know, and... So, and they'd offered to pay for the sex change and, um, uh, for Catherine Tate. And, um, I, I, and so I, I did this, this Christmas special. And, and to be honest, it was good fun doing stuff in front of an audience, you know, like multi-camera thing. And, you know, there's that, there's that thing. I, I, oh, there was I, one, one reason I think that it might not have been that successful was... We, we showed them all to an audience. We showed all the six shows to an audience. So we had versions with an audience track and without. And people think that like canned laughter exists and it doesn't really exist, does it? It's like, if you hear laughter, unless, I don't know, I, I, I don't even know what the exceptions would be, but like if you hear laughter on a sitcom, it's because people are watching the show uh, either live or recorded, you know. I tell you one. I think um, it isn't that they do use canned laughter on and in an early. Se- if, you, if you watch Mash, the early series. Oh yeah, of yeah, Mash. yeah. They used to do that. Yeah, and they yeah. would. But they would also. I I bought the first series DVD. I think you could turn it off. You can but turn you leave, it but off. But you leave yeah. it on. They put laughs on where there wasn't even a joke. Yeah. The person who decided where the canned laughter went didn't understand English. I don't think. It just thought yeah. of us. Oh, there's a bit of a pause. <laughs> People say, yeah, he's going to, yeah, he's been shot in the face, he's going to die. <laughs> and then that real, like, that. <laughs> so I think it does exist, but yes, I know. But, but, but I think we had the option of putting, putting it out with the laughter on and without, and we chose without because we thought it was like, it was like cooler, you know, and, and, uh, and also, when the sketches got broken up and put onto YouTube, like the ones that people liked, it's it's kind of annoying when there's like laughter on a YouTube clip. And so we decided not to. But I think that probably would have like smoothed out some of the weird elements of the show if people can hear <laughs> that people are actually laughing at stuff, you know? Yeah. You know. Uh, fuck. But, um, fuck people. What do they know about yeah. comedy? <laughs> humans beings really beings if I'm being honest (laughs) I tell you what I've really been enjoying which I think sort of in a similar vein you've watched uh, Limmy's show oh yeah I love it I've just got obsessed with what this week I've just got obsessed with watching him doing Falcon Hoof yeah, uh, that's fantastic. And I've just watched them yeah. all four times in a row. If you get a chance, go and just Google Fal- it's Falcon Hoof, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's because it's like a real simple premise. This is what it's like, a, an often like a TV thing, and he just, but you see into the world of this guy who does a kind of adventure. It's like a sex line, but it's an adventure line. It's like an adventure, TV adventure <laughs> line where you call a premium rate number and you can do like a Dungeons and Dragons style role playing game with this guy. And it's like, and, and it's the sort of thing where if you were to explain that, to somebody at the BBC 
yeah. that wouldn't get past the you wouldn't be able to finish the sentence really you no. know and there's nothing it's not a th- real thing it's not really a thing I've ever seen uh, I, I don't, don't think so uh, and there's no sort of jokes in it but it's just the most entrancingly brilliant he acts it so well yeah he I don't does. want to talk about other people's sketch shows Peter while you're here but that was yeah but, uh, he's, that, uh, he's a was, brilliant actor as well I yeah. think he's great I don't really know very much about him he was I was in Edinburgh a couple of years ago and he sort of started getting all his followers to attack me because I'd said that Edinburgh... I'd made some joke about Scotch people. Uh, and uh, nice. yeah. he kind of got sent his, sent his people out to get me on Twitter a bit. I mean, I oh, didn't really know who really? he was. But he, I think not, he didn't really mean to. And then he, but then he saw that I was a bit upset and said, oh, I'm sorry, it's the first day of Edinburgh. I'll, I'll, <laughs> he was very nice about it. So I do... You know, he's good. Check him out. <laughs> it's not all about us. Um, um, but I, I have to say, though, as I get... You know, I used to watch, like, tons of comedy and... I find myself watching less and less now, and I find, like like Limmy's stuff. I found, I, you know, I, I tend to watch that at the computer and you know, bit on YouTube and iPlayer and stuff. But I don't really watch that much comedy these days. Like, you know, I don't know whether it's like a thing of jealousy or you know, or just like I don't know what it is. There's nothing really that really that I that I dig really at the moment. You know, I know. I tend to watch. Um have a little chat about what we watch. Yeah. Just have to ignore them. Yeah. Um, I tend to watch like box sets of American stuff. So like yeah, me the, too, you know, yeah. lots of you know, 30 Rock and the rest yeah. of the development. I mean, you, had, you actually, but you've been out to America and you were in a thing with Will Arnett from yes, yeah. the rest of the development. Yeah, that what was a great experience. Yeah. Well, that was a thing where it was like the show for Fox written by Mitch Hurwitz and Will Arnett and Jimmy Vallely, who were the creators of Arrested Development, and it was sort of like a vehicle for Will, who's like a super, if you're, I mean, is there any fans of Arrested Development? I mean, it's ridiculous, it's it's unbelievable, and and Will is just, is like one of the funniest guys ever, you know, and and, uh, so it was this show sort of built around him, but Will and Mitch wanted it to be one thing, and Fox wanted it to be they wanted it to be, Fox wanted it to be like a romantic comedy show and Will and Mitch wanted like a very, you know, even kind of madder than Arrested really, I, I, I guess. So they were pulling in different directions and where it ended up, it wasn't quite, I don't know, it never, it never really found its feet but uh, it was a brilliant experience to work with them and, <clears throat> but what was, there were some weird aspects to it too, like, we had to, right from that, we were filming it in New York and all the Fox people were out in LA and we had to do a read through over like a video conference thing to like the boss of Fox and all these top execs, right? And it was, it was weird because you'd say a funny line and then the people in the room would laugh and then like a second later they'd laugh in LA yeah. and then it, everything would kind of clunk to a halt, you know, and it was... It was like a bit of a weird thing, but you see like these 20, 25 people, all these suits watching the show. And then like about four or five episodes in, uh, when we were filming them, this show starts to go out and we started off with pretty poor ratings and then just kind of went worse and worse (laughs) and worse. But we still had to do these these really embarrassing (laughs) read-throughs for these Fox people. And every week, the number would dwindle, you know? It would dwindle. There'd be like eight people, and then by the very last one, we had to do the very last one. There were 
two people at the end <laughs> who we didn't know who they were and we suspected were just extras that they'd hired. Um, but then there's a weird thing about like watching, because I watch a lot of American TV. You know, you mentioned Breaking Bad, which is, I just think is the best thing yeah, like amazing. recently. And, um, uh, but like watching a sitcom in America, like uh, you, 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 the, the, a show is like 20 minutes long like literally has like 20 minutes of content but it's in a half hour slot so it has three ad breaks so it's split up into four five minute chunks yeah and it's so weird because like actually watching tv in america is just a total head fuck if you're used to watching tv here or especially if you're used to watching it on a in a box set format because you've got no ads at all but it's just weird because the show is on and then you don't have even like a little fade to black or anything signifying that you're going into an ad break. It just goes into an ad and all the ads look like comedy shows. So you, you often like, what am I watching? You know, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a super weird way that Americans have grown up watching television. And, and that's like, that's like, that's like really nuts. You yeah. Know? It's really super nuts. It's like what I was saying before about like, um, you know, comedy, make it or whatever, whatever television. To make television, you need you, you need to pay people proper money to make it. You need, you know, there's only so much you can do with, you know, getting a video camera and putting stuff on YouTube, and you know, there's only so much you can do. Like to make like proper crafted stuff, and where, where people spend months months writing and stuff, you need like. You need money, and somebody's got to pay for it, you know. And that's why I think what Rob and Louis C.K. have done is really—it's—it's it's really remarkable. Because what people want is just—they want great stuff to watch. Yeah. Like you downloaded Breaking Bad illegally, as did I. But if it was on TV one night, and then the next day I could buy the series, I would do that totally because it would be. And if it was in an easy way, if it yeah. was if it would play on wherever I wanted it to play, I would pay that money because I, I want to watch good stuff and, you know. Well, I, I think that, but I think it does work on a fan level. I think people, fans want to watch it. I'll buy it when it comes out on DVD anyway. Right. Breaking Bad, but I, I want to see, you know, you're a fan of it. You want to see it. You don't yeah. want to wait. In fact, you know, I think legally we can't, we there's, you can buy the fourth season on of, on American disc if you've got a player that can play an American yeah, disc. Yeah, I mean... So it's... if you're in the UK and you want to watch Breaking Bad, you can probably watch the first two seasons of it, I think. Yeah, but, uh, but I think The it's... fourth one's out. The fourth one's out on Monday. On Monday, on today. Well, that's t- two weeks ago. But I mean... It... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... Who are you? <laughs> it's Walter White. Um, so I, uh, you know, I think it's kind of madness that when we live in, you know, everything, everything's available to everybody. The internet sort of has no boundaries and, you know, that we should still wait for these. I think people are still prepared to pay, you know, I think like I give out a lot of free stuff. Yeah. People well, will too, pay, yeah. people will pay for other stuff. So it kind of, it does work. I mean, it's how the, it's how the mu- music industry works now, really, that people come pay to come and see you live. These yeah. people have paid to come and see this they're, they're now they've got the they're looking at these dvds and thinking when am i going to get to yeah to win those um but um and is this true this is on wikipedia it might not be true that you uh, did a voiceover for pele yeah it is true <laughs> yeah for um he did a, an ad for uh i think viagra about erectile dysfunction <laughs> 
And he did by the time you'd finished voicing it over anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and he's got this, he's from Portugal. Is he from, no, he's not from Brazil. Portugal. He's from Brazil. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Huge football fan. And, um, but he loves but they, Nando's, but that's why. But they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Yeah, right, okay. And I always imagine Portuguese to sound like kind of Spanish, you know? I don't know, is that racist to me to think that? You know? <laughs> but it actually, when, when he speaks English, he sounds, it's like more like Russian, you know? It sounds like Eastern European. And they couldn't understand what he was saying in this ad, but I had to kind of copy his voice uh, and make it a little bit more intelligible, but still sound like... <laughs> Pele or Peel, as I thought he was called. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, I thought he was called Pete. I <laughs> know oh, that's an L. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had to listen to Pele, and yeah, it was it was. So you had to listen to Pele do an impression of him that was like him, but yeah. so you could understand what he was saying. Yeah, and also an maintain a full erection while <laughs> I was doing it. I suppose a contract I had to sign. But fortunately, they gave me some Viagra, so... <laughs> I think maybe he was just embarrassed about what he was saying, so he's just mumbling a bit. Yeah. I, have, I don't have a problem with erectile yeah. dysfunction. Um, it was like, it was like it was the ad said, like, at the end of a game, we, uh, footballers talk about lots of things, but one thing they don't talk about is erection problems. <laughs> uh, Inter-camera erection problems. It'd be odd if they did, though, wouldn't it? It'd be odd if they go, that was a great game. I liked when you scored that goal. I can't get an erection. Is this the time? No. I just want you to know. Yeah. We could have talked this about this any time, not just... At least yeah. it wasn't just before the game. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to get the image out of my head. <laughs> Pally hasn't played football for a while. No. Um, but there we go. Right, well, we... Oh, look, God, we've had a nice time, haven't we? It's been all right. Um... It's, there's so many things I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you if men evolved from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? Um, because some monkeys like being monkeys. It's <laughs> a good answer. Um, you do, but you do this quite a lot on Twitter, where you people you get people to just ask you questions about yeah. anything. So this yeah. is, you're generating a lot of uh, material do. on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if anybody follows my PSQA sessions on P-Best Twitter. Pete Best does. Pete Best there every week. Pete Best, yeah. And I wish I was in the Beatles. <laughs> so, yeah, it's mainly his feet going, why couldn't I have stayed drumming in the Beatles? <laughs> oh. I remember once I Just saw... Just for the first couple of albums. That's all I'd have wanted. Then I could have gone, Ringo could have taken over. That could have been me on Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember seeing this guy, Alan Williams. He was the manager of the Beatles before Brian Epstein and basically sort of sacked them. And he was on This Morning with Richard and Judy. And uh, he'd written a book or something that Richard Maley was saying, OK, so uh, you, you're famously known as the man who gave away the Beatles. What does that feel like? And anyway, this guy is like, the story of his life, this old dude, you know, he's just talking, well, you know, I had some great times. And, you know, he's, he now sells, like, Beatles memorabilia, you know, and he's sort of, you know, whatever. And, you know, poor guy. And then <laughs> Judy starts asking him something. And then Richard interrupts. He says, no, 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 hang on, hang on. I can't believe that you, you gave away the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, it's the Beatles. 
I mean, I, I just find that absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> he was like a little boy, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I think he did it again, and I, and I just thought, I admire him for that. I admire him for doing that, because it, it, it seemed to me to show that he is an honest guy, and he's just saying exactly what everybody is thinking. And he wasn't doing it to be mean to him, he was just like, he just couldn't get it into his head. <laughs> the bloke saying, what you have to understand, Richard, is that I didn't know that they were the Beatles. The time, it wasn't now, then, it was then, and they hadn't yet become successful. And thus, obviously, if the Beatles came to me now and said, we want you to manage us retrospectively back to 1963, we're giving you 20% of everything we've earned, I would be foolish to turn that down. But at the time, I did not realise. That's what I'd have said if I'd been there. Yeah. At least I didn't marry Judy Finnegan, that's what I'd have said. <laughs> that's what I would have said if I'd been him. That's not, that's not what I think. That's what that bloke... He's, don't listen to him, he turned down the fucking Beatles. Why are you even giving him the time of day? Um, look, I think we, it's been a... It's, I'm hotter up here than I... I told it you it wasn't hot up here, hot, and it, yeah. it's been really hot up here in the second yeah. half, so sorry about that. Yeah, but it's been quite nice and relaxed. I think everyone... I think a few people are asleep. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a nice thing, though. It's been very... What I'm going to do is going to give away these DVDs. What I do, I was trying to explain to you just before we stepped on the stage and then I had to leave. Uh, I'm gonna, we've got to make statements that are either true or false. You'll like this. The Pele one would have been an excellent one. Okay. Uh, and then the audience have to decide if they're true or false. You have to know if they're true or false. They can be about anything, but it's good if they're about you or anything. Oh, I see. I'll, I'll give you an example. And so uh, when we start... So everyone needs to stand up. We're going to whittle you down. There's quite a lot of people, so we need to do some good... Everyone stand up. This is not something you're going to do every day, but every day I'm giving away DVDs. You can win all these DVDs. If you think the statement's true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom. Uh, and if you get it wrong, you have to sit down, and whoever wins at the end will get all those DVDs. I might give them out if you've been good uh, to other people as well. Uh, Peter Serafinowicz, I've been reading up on his career, uh, and weirdly enough, another one of these uh, DVDs, he appeared in one episode of Futurama. Is that true or false? As a voice, obviously, because it's a cartoon. True or false? True on your head, false on your bottom. Is that true or false, Peter? That is false. It is false. He was in uh, South Park, though, right? Yeah, he was in South Park. South yeah. Park. So there we go, that's the idea. So it can be anything. It can be funny or stupid or just a fact or anything you want. It can be about you, people you work with. Uh, okay. Um, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Michael Caine taught my dad how to drive. True or false? Is that true or false? True or false, it's a good one. A lot of trues there. What's that? Sounds like difficult to make up. Is it true or false? It's false. <laughs> Very good. Sit down. Sit down, losers. Um, uh, oh, damn. I thought of a good one then, but I'm going to have to go for something else. Um, <laughs> both of us have presented uh, Six Music's uh, Saturday morning show. Separately, is that true or false? I think that's true. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it is, is true. true. Yeah. So sit down. If you said false, we'll whittle them down. Get a difficult one in. That wasn't a very good one. Um, okay, uh, a kangaroo has nine vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> true or false? 
true or false? <laughs> You're going to win if it's right. You've won. An exciting, excited-looking Australian guy with his hands <laughs> on his head. It's terrible. God, what an awful joke to make. Uh, it's false. It's false. Sit yeah. down. <laughs> it's false. But actually, I think they do have more than one vagina. Actually, yeah, I think they have two vaginas. <laughs> they fact, do by the time I, I finish with them. Because I'm just going to uh, just check. That. Hang on. You check How that. Many vaginas. Uh, talking of Shrek. <laughs> The, uh, the part of Shrek was originally offered to Billy Connolly. Is that true or false? That's probably false. <laughs> just, I just made it up to sit down. <laughs> if you said true, I just literally made it up. Got any more? Have you got another one? Uh, yes. Um, Do them based on... Uh... The um, web uh, search Google was originally called Goggle. <laughs> True or false? True or false? And again, one brave man going for true. And that's false. As well. <laughs> it's false. You're good at knocking one down at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Is it true about the vaginas? Um, kangaroo vaginas. Do you know what? Kangaroo has three vaginas. Wow. Yeah. So three kangaroos. Um, <laughs> female ones. Um, I appeared in the Christmas special of The Office. Is that true or false? I'll go for false, like it's an impossible thing. <laughs> it is false. Well done, everyone. Everyone got that correct. <laughs> Um, it can be any right. stupid facts. Let's get. Let's look all these fuckers down. I've had enough. I want to go. And I'm, hung, I'm hungry. It's been a long fucking oh, night, hasn't it? God, wow. I can't think I of mean, one you know, now. I can't think. Two. Uh, Do what? Okay. Um, the original name. One of the original names for Monty Python's Flying Circus was "It's Owl Stretching Time." True or false? Yeah, that's true. It is true. Got rid of some of these comedy nerds. Um, Will Arnett, uh, who is in Arrested Development, is diphylactic. Is that true or false? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's gone for false. Looks like I might be winning the DVDs. Have you ever seen his penis? Uh, Well, uh, I don't want to spoil the question, but yeah, I have seen his penises. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, oh shit it's false he is not he does not have two penises okay. they really want these DVDs yeah they how many people are left now there's loads still because there's too many people in there. there's, that, that man's putting his hand up yeah I am you know you're standing up mate <laughs> don't need to put your hand up we can see you yeah I'm still yeah we know how the fuck have you got this far through <laughs> this game <laughs> By cheating, that's how. Oh, yeah, I did cheat. <laughs> then you must sit down. Um, Peter Serafidovich uh, did a sketch which foretold something that would happen to Justin Lee Collins. Is that true or false? <laughs> like a sort of Nostradamus. 
it's true. We did a sketch called Heads or Tails, which yeah. went on to be uh, presented by Justin Lee Collins. Yeah. I did a yeah. show, a sketch called Heads or Tails, and they took that and made it. <laughs> they, <laughs> they reverse engineered it into an actual television yeah. show. Heads or Tails. Uh, but if you do go on that show, make sure you're f- facing him. <laughs> <laughs> Heads or tails? No, I don't like it when it's tails. Heads. So is somebody going to win all Someone's going to win all of that. In fact, one of these two people is going to win all of that, and you are going to create the question that will divide them. In fact, I'm going to create it. You're going to have to come up with a numerical answer. How tall in feet and inches, and I hope he knows this, don't say it yet, is Peter Serafinowicz. What's your answer? And what's your answer? Six four, easy dude. No, no, stop. Six five. So you know, six, you know what? You should have gone for six four because if it's higher than six three, then that would win. If he's six four, now you've lost. No, how tall? How? Six I'm five. Six four. Six four. So it's right in the middle of the two. No, you said six five, and uh, all right. and. Uh, and I'm afraid it's like uh, it's like uh, that uh, Leslie Crowther program. What was that called? I want to say Sale of the Century, but it's not that. Uh, if you go over, Price is Right. If you go over, you're out. So you've won. So congratulations. <laughs> Mainly because I don't like the other guy. I didn't like him. I just didn't like him. phone number after the show because if I do if I get divorced my wife's getting I said to my wife she's got all the DVDs and videos idiot uh, I get the house but that seemed like to a woman that seems like a good deal because she's looking at it going well there's loads of DVDs there's only one house I take it she can make a house out of those DVDs we've got loads uh, Thank you so much for coming on, Peter. Oh, I hope you had a nice you. time. Thanks, uh, will you please give it up time. for my fantastic guest, Peter Sanfinovich? Oh, we'll be back next week with more stuff. Come and see Talking Cock somewhere. Thank uh, you very much. Oh, please give it up for Richard yeah, Perry. Yeah, I mean. Listening to Richard Herring's S Squared Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my special guest, Peter Serafinwich. The music you've heard there playing on the intro is by Pest. They're quite good. It was produced by Ben Walker. Uh, thank you to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide. Uh, it's a Sky Potato and Fuzz production for the internet. Tell your friends if you think they'll like it. It's free. How'd you like them, Sky Potatoes? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, you get it for nothing, which is nice, isn't it? If you want to give something back, then why not come and see me on tour, uh, Richard Herring's Talking Cock. Um, you can see all the details of that at richardherring.com. Uh, this week, I'm in London at the South Bank, at the Purcell Rooms on the 17th, 19th and 20th of October. So it'd be terrific if you wanted to come and see that. Or you can go to gofasterstripe.com uh, and pick up DVDs, books, all sorts of malarkey there. Or just tell a friend. That's all you have to do. Or or give some money to Scope. Do what you like. Or just keep it for nothing. I don't care. Bye.